Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block, and I'm very excited to be joined on the other side of the mic with my former colleague, Access Protocol creator and crypto researcher, Mika Honkasalo. So we've got a lot to d- discuss I feel like when I was in Paris, it was quite exciting because there was so much building going on. We saw Lens V2. We saw um, an We had sort of base, I think, launch its mainnet or, or something to that effect. They had a big presence, at least. Um, obviously, Uniswap X, we had some news out of Uniswap. So it seemed like there was just a lot of interesting building happening at HCC out of the Ethereum ecosystem. And then today, we just get sort of whacked with so many honestly embarrassing headlines for the industry, um, from Curve to sort of the bold, uh, bald debacle, as it were. So let's start there, right? Everybody who's listening, or at least most people will know that this weekend and then spilling over into Monday was a very, at first it was funny and a bit strange, as is often the case in crypto, with um, a sort of Cambrian explosion of weird meme coins on uh Coinbase's Layer 2 uh, base with sort of uh, bald uh, taking the, 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 the top spot of Darling. And it was effectively a rug. And the question, not effectively, I mean, it was. At first, we thought the, the, the developer behind it was just pulling a bit of liquidity. Um, and then it sort of like completely, you know, fell off the chart, fell off a cliff. And over the course of last evening, going into you know one two a.m. my time, it it seemed as if there were a lot of strange connections to one uh, Mister Sam Bankman-Fried or Sam Trabuco, at least someone with a lot of similar overlaps. Right, we can walk through those, and you can correct me where I'm wrong. Um, from my perspective, I'm a skeptic. I, I mean, I know that we've seen wild stuff in this market, but to think that Sam, with his flip phone in his parents' basement, is pulling off like multi tens of million dollar rug pulls just seems a bit too crazy, despite all the craziness we've seen. But the connections are there um, in terms of you know large OTC engagements with Alameda. Uh, I think he was an FTT bag holder. Uh, uh, there was suggestions that there was a Wintermute connection. Apparently, that's erroneous. Uh, there was also the fact that um, the uh, early sort of sushi uh, participant. Um, so those are a few. That's what some folks think. At least make him tied, if not to Sam, then to someone very close to Sam, which seems to be still where we are. I've been uh, kind of out of pocket for the past few hours, so I don't know if anything's changed, but. With all that sort of lined out, Mika, I mean, it's not Sam, is it? I mean, yeah, I mean, neither of these options uh, of the Sams available here seems plausible to me in the sense of of just basic sanity and and uh, <laughs> life situations these people find themselves in at the moment. But uh, the on chain evidence if if it wasn't so that uh, that they're in the situations they're in uh, the on-chain evidence would quite clearly in some ways point to them or at least uh, someone at alameda because i mean the, it's a wallet that has interacted with like binance coinbase ftx some otc but if you look at the wallets connected to that wallet that's where it gets kind of really interesting and i recommend checking out at frank researchers 
uh, tweet thread, Igor, uh, who also worked at the block and is now at Wintermute about this, but basically it has to do with like early liquidity mining, DYDX trading, uh, governance proposals in Shushi uh, that uh, that would very heavily point to in the direction of of Sam Trebuco or, or Sam Bankman-Fried or at least Alameda. Um, and I think the evidence there is quite strong, actually, in a sense, because uh, the, there just aren't that many people who were doing those things at the size that they were doing it in these specific protocols. Um, so, yeah, it, it is like a very weird, weird situation. So let's let's sort of maybe I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. What sort of on-chain uh, indicator or or proof, as it were, maybe gives you a bit of pause to think it's not Sam? What 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 aspect of the on-chain activity maybe makes you think, okay, this could okay, maybe that it is. Well, a lot of people have interacted with like large exchanges in large amounts, and that's. And that is not like strong evidence, but there aren't that many people who interacted with like these early liquidity mining programs at that size. And then you can start kind of like ruling out suspects. Uh, like uh, Igor thought it was quite unlikely that it's three AC, given there's no connections like Genesis or or something like that. And 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 yeah, it's just like a process of elimination mixed in with kind of a lot of timing-based evidence. So if you look at like tweets uh, from Sam Tribuco and then you, uh, about Stargate specifically, and then you look at the on-chain activity that happens right during those tweets, those things are actually very connected to each other. So it uh, that's the famous, yes, we did buy all the tokens, tokens tweet. So <laughs> uh, the, those things are very, very strange at the very least. And, and it is it is like, if it's not at any way connected to them, it's an incredible coincidence just by like the on-chain profile. So, or, or at least like a big one. Who are some of the other persons of interest? Uh, I think there's like a chance that it would be some early uh, DeFi founders or extremely like kind of DeGeny traders uh, who were in, um, there's only a small group of people who were liquidity mining Yearn, for example, from the beginning. So, uh, but there, there are like suspects sort of uh, quite a few. So it is like technically possible that it's one of them. Um, but yeah, some of the tweets around the, uh, around the on-chain activity specifically start to make it look kind of very, very weird. So I would say it's like, it, it there is a huge coincidence here at the very least. Yes. So any other thoughts on, on that? Uh, well, it's worth noting that there is this analysis, uh, uh, quote unquote analysis um, of it being SPF because he used one word reply correct many times. And the, uh, the expression nor to express like the next negative thing in the sentence and the phrase quite well. Um, if you take the average population, how many of people would have used those exact phrases in that way? I don't know, maybe 15% or something. Like it's a, it's, I don't know. But we uh, so, do know, we do know that there are, now is that historic? Like, did he historically use this or was this more recently? Because, you know, obviously we do have, uh, it would be, uh, if you're putting yourself in the mind of someone like this, uh, it might be amusing for them to uh, want to replicate or mimic or give people some form of doubt about who they are. 
Sure, sure. Uh, like any, anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. At this point, anything's possible. What do you think it means for uh, base? I mean, is this is is this a black eye? It is a pretty ugly start in some ways, but it's worth noting that the base chain really kind of wasn't fully ready with all the tooling around it. Wasn't meant to really go to end users as such. People kind of found their way in quite exotic ways to to get on the chain and get the trade there. And so there isn't like this infrastructure that you'd expect. Like Uniswap isn't on there or anything like that. So that creates its own issues as well. Um, so I would say it's like a bad start, but also in crypto, I think people can forget these things if they're able to onboard like a lot of users on chain, all the major dApps come there, start gathering TBL. It will be a new start at that point. And I don't think it really makes a huge difference. It's just in the moment a little bit dramatic, uh, but that's that's kind of the, within crypto, like it's not, a, not the craziest thing that has happened either, so. In, is, is is crypto crypto without rugs? Um, well, uh, it is a weird race of of uh, tooling to kind of detect uh, beforehand what kinds of vulnerabilities there may be in contracts. People adopting those tools, yes or no. The quality of those tools being kind of like up and down a little bit, people finding new ways to go around them. It is this kind of sprint and race um, of like people trying to trying to make money and, and basically gambling on chain. And it's I would say it's it's just one of those kind of risk parameters that are in there. In this case specifically with Bold, it wasn't like an exploit or anything. It was just uh, the original deployer adding first a, a huge amount of liquidity, which caused the price to go up, which wasn't guaranteed in any way. Like it, it's not clear that it, that that's what was going to happen. But once it happened, like there was value to be extracted, they pulled it, made some profits off of it. So yeah, I mean it. It, it is people play these like on-chain casino games, and and this is like a complex, weird game theoretic variation of that that activity, basically. Mm. Yes, the meme. Uh, coin lords giveth and they take it away. Taketh away. Uh, what about the late swap exploit? Uh, yeah, that one was a pretty straightforward one where uh, a hacker was able to drain liquidity from pools. Um, and the exploit itself not that interesting. A pretty relatively basic error actually in the contract code. Um, and now the latest situation seems to be that lead swap is kind of negotiating with the with the hacker on this. And, and we have seen previously cases of that, for example, with mango markets. And so it goes how it goes, kind of hard to tell. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of value in base right now. A lot of users uh, went over there and kind of like some users are affected by this, but overall, I don't think it's like such a big deal. It's just one of those things that happens when, when an, new name deploys early some code that isn't that well tested. Okay, so now turning to the other big news of of the week, which only started yesterday, uh, this week. Seems like it's been a bit longer. Curve. So, I mean, this guy, I mean, this market man. I mean, you borrow, uh, you know, a uh, hundred million dollars using CRV tokens, a 
acquired at a cost basis of zero. It's it's like when are we going to learn the lesson that we can't just invent tokens out of thin air and then use them to lever up? Well, the key key issue here is kind of yeah, of course, borrowing against tokens that can go down very quickly and uh, may have issues around liquidity. And conceptually, it's not different from what we've seen before in the industry with like FTT and and other cases as well. Um, but it's also not the same because kind of like the exact details in lending markets matter a lot. What are like the ratios between how much you have to supply an asset to borrow something else uh, and what are like the caps on that and all, all that sort of thing. And the curve position from the front of curve really is um, a remnant of, of times gone by in a way where uh, the the position was taken out during like the bull markets and and people probably had like less scrutiny around uh, around the safety parameters of that. For example, in this case, like Ava V2 could be affected by one of these positions, but Ava V3 couldn't, and Ava V3 is decided in a way that makes this much less likely to happen. So what implementations um, there uh, make it so that that wouldn't happen? Basically, you just cap uh, in, in various ways. You can just cap the amount borrowed uh, to make it like reasonable. And uh, probably during the bull market also, there was a more bigger tendency to list tokens that have this kind of curve profile, which is large DeFi protocols, uh, kind of blue chip, multi-billion dollar valuation ones. Um, and yeah, this one like kind of got through all of the all of the lending protocols in a way, and and all of the lending protocols have been rated here. So the statistic is that forty seven percent of the curve circulating supply is locked in these lending protocols, which among statistics isn't like the most healthy one you'd like to hear, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, the, I think the situation is also kind of resolvable here, uh, and partially has been resolved. But the bigger problem would have been if if more founders in a way had found this activity, this hobby for themselves and and of of going through these lending protocols and having their tokens listed on them. So we're kind of happy in a happy position that it was only this one situation uh, more so than uh, like anything, anything more systemic with lots and lots of different tokens. And what sort of was the domino that kicked off um, this entire situation? Well, the, Positions themselves have been in kind of on this teetering on unhappy for a while um, and have been kind of attacked already before. So this was always kind of in the radar and something people knew about. What kicked it really off was the hacks of the new curve pools that yeah, uh, happened, over the, happened over the weekend. Um, it was yeah. a $24 million exploit. Yeah, uh, with specific curve pools, which had to do with like the compiler that uh, Viper compiler that was used. Uh, very surprising bug, actually very difficult to find as well. So whoever did that, it did like a that impressive job, I suppose, uh, on that front. <laughs> a plus, uh, <laughs> good work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, but that really started triggering the downward price momentum a little bit, and and then you knew that if the price comes down a little bit, you're already in this kind of close to the unhappy place here and and right now you are like very near it i mean this is just another lesson right another lesson for our industry um now we have justin sun who is buying 2.2 million dollars worth of curve from the founder mr michael um what do you make of that news i think it was somewhat expected that 
the positions could be exited at that kind of size. We're talking about, um, well, it, it depends on what exactly we're talking about, but we're, we're talking about at least a quite an urgent need to get rid of maybe 10 to 30 million of CRV. And uh, I think at some discounts and uh, which has been done, um, we can talk about the details of that, but, but you expected there to be like some sort of buyer uh, at a reasonable price here that would get us out of the uh, immediate situation. If it kind of got worse, uh, then it would be like a bigger problem. I, I, do, I do hope that the lending protocols don't have to go through uh, through, through liquidating this position and hoping the, the free market kind of bails them out in, in a reasonable way. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think it's given that the over 10, I think there's over 10 million sold now OTC and the speed at which that was able to be done. It feels like there could be appetite to absorb like maybe another 10 million or something quite easily. And that's, that's already like takes a bit of the problem off the table. So it doesn't seem that existential. It's just kind of bad. And you're lucky that it's only this one specific position and case that's kind of, uh, at DeFi's throat at the moment, we're selling to reasonable buy. We're selling, we're we're selling to buyers at the fair market value. That's what we're doing here. That's all we're doing. Uh, what what happens next? So how does sort of curve come out of the shadow of this uh, circumstance? Well, the curve protocol has lost, I think, more than forty percent of its TBL over the past. A few days, so that shows that people are getting quite out of it uh, for the moment. But the risk on the like curve pools that are have been in use for a long time and are popular hasn't actually like increased because of any of this stuff. As such, uh, like the curve price has nothing to do with the product in a way. The curve price has to do with like lending protocols and their solvency uh, more so. Um, so. I guess the interesting part is that there seems to be kind of a handshake agreement around not selling, not selling these tokens, and that doesn't seem like the most promising thing either, in a way, <laughs> uh, where where you could have cascading, the classic kind of cascading liquidation problem. Um, so I think it just depends on if things settle down here and and the positions are able to be offloaded in a way that like some of the risk is off the table and it's again it's again going to be like an uneasy position in DeFi, but it's a smaller and it's like a little bit further away and then we kind of live to fight another day i guess i'm being told that i butchered that that quote from margin call so listeners forgive me um what happens next just in general with DeFi? i mean it seems like the past few days have been uh bad for its reputation especially after it's been stuck in the doldrums for so long in terms of volumes, in terms of activity. You look at the juxtaposition of Coinbase's market cap with Uniswap's, the gap has never been higher. Um, and, you know, we, we, we see some interesting developments, and then it's just a bunch of forgazy, forgazi. I would say that a lot that there is a bit of a lack of creativity at the moment, perhaps in like the DeFi markets and and kind of what you'd hope from this market is that you start building more and more of these baseline protocols that are big and then you build on top of them more interesting stuff that like brings in users and makes them more capital efficient and makes them more interesting and easier to use. 
Uh, we've spent a lot of time kind of forking these protocols and, and we're still spending time doing that in some sense because we just deploy all the same stuff on all these different L2s. So it doesn't feel like there's necessarily that much progress there except to uh, jump into a cheaper environment. Um, so all these DeFi protocols, they've also maintained their like market share and, and managed to stay large relative to other protocols very well. So there's clearly like some strength to the biggest names like Lido, Aave, Uniswap, Maker, and some like staying power. But where their next growth phase will really come from, I think that's a complete question mark. It feels like the industry itself is very isolated right now from like anything in a sense, and it's doing kind of its own thing, which means that the available capital is the available capital uh, in some ways. And and there's no like no big... Um, push coming uh, to really bring the next growth phase of the industry. So I think it will still be kind of a struggle with that. And and hopefully we eventually see more cool stuff being built, more real world integrations, uh, better and better systems with more capital efficient mechanisms and, and safety measures behind them. Ironically, this is uh, the, the curve situation was one, one big example of a real world integration of uh, buying a real world mansion in Melbourne, Australia. Um, well, anyway, take note, market. These are uh, wise words from Juan Mika. Uh, sir, any closing thoughts before we uh, we sign off? Uh, no, I suppose that's it. This was a pretty crazy week, for, even for us. Uh, <laughs> or, I don't know, a crazy week, crazy 48 hours, even for us with lots of different news like FTX relaunching and... And I know yeah, a lot of yeah. other stuff as well. So yeah, we'll see how that pans out. I mean, that was something I definitely didn't think was going to happen, um, just from a a regulatory perspective. But I guess if they can sort of revamp it, probably give it a new name. Um, if it's if it's sort of like owned in a sense by the client, this is something that you know. Loomdart has uh, pontificated ad nauseum about. Uh, maybe there's there's a chance there. We shall see. Thank you for joining the program. Thank you, Frank. Of course. And The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.